Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I have a special treat for you today. We're going to talk about parenting, and I'm bringing on an expert um, who's written a book about parenting. And if you're a parent, you're going to learn a lot from this live. If you're not a parent, you're going to learn a lot from this live. Okay, so let me take a breath. And uh, let me wait for my guest. And as you're listening, here's a question for you. What is one revelation that you've had about yourself? What's your greatest revelation about self? Hey, how are hey, you? Hey, good. I'm looking really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy thing. I did that thing where I worked out and then I showered, but I haven't stopped sweating. <laughs> you and John go well together. It's like let's feed this into our lives, you know. <laughs> Work out, do a live, do some life. I I sweat just um by thinking too much. Mm. I sweat. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, um, hey, before we start, because I always do an opening question. What is one revelation? Uh, what's your most recent revelation about yourself? And we'll start with you, Megan. Oh, shit. Um, oh, God. Uh, that I'm repeating anxious pa uh, patterns from my childhood. And mm. the voice isn't actually mine. Uh, but I've been claiming it is mine. Yeah, I love it. I think many can relate to that. Vanessa, one revelation about yourself. Pretty big revelation. Um... One revelation about myself is not a new revelation. It's a revelation I have over and over again, which is <laughs> I need to give myself more balance and listen to that inner voice when it says, today is a day to do nothing and to be in the garden and not touch your phone. <laughs> nice. Okay. Great. Well, uh, today we have an awesome episode because we're talking about parenting and Megan you wrote a uh, book about parenting and yeah I don't know um, where it is nearby. <laughs> you don't have to show it what's the name of it parenting outside the lines and then yeah. it has like this all, all this other stuff um, it's uh, yeah it's just a book uh, that you know the irony is I'm part of the very problem that I seek to help people with which is too many voices in the parenting atmosphere and so i really just kind of wanted to get down to the basics of connection and not get mired up in like mindful parenting conscious parenting i don't you know like whatever um yeah but more really true like theoretical underpinnings of all humans i love this i love your title because uh i think when it comes to parenting there's so much judgment um, you know, also as a parent, I noticed judgment. Vanessa and I were just uh, at a restaurant last night. And of course, we have the uh, iPad up for Logan so we could all eat or else she goes crazy. And we noticed that there was a, a family right behind us and a kid kept turning around trying to look at the iPad. And you could tell the anxiety in the dad. 
as he grabbed the kid's head and was forcing it as if the child was an action figure and forcing the head to not move. And I could just tell that they had so much judgment that we were um, allowing our kid to, to watch um, Cocoa Melon um, so everyone could, could be happy and eat dinner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, I took a sip of my drink and I was like, I mean, I'm enjoying my meal. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. It's tough out there as a parent. It is. It is. The most of the voices come from within us mm -hmm. and then we take our own insecurities, which we didn't even maybe know we had. And our brain is a, you know, negativity bias seeking machine. Yeah. Right. So all the people that may be looking at you like, what a cute family we don't see. And we see the people that are looking askance and have thoughts and feelings about our parenting. And our brain just loves to be like, dink, yep, mm -hmm. I'm being judged with, the, you know, which either makes us be like that to the other parent or go into shame mode. Like, yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's get, let's get really into it. Vanessa, um, What's the hardest thing for you as a parent? Besides the obvious, like, you know, lack of time Wait, and well, um, being touched out and all that. But as a parent, what do you struggle with the most? Um, pretty much a constant craving, missing, and desire for freedom and alone time. Mm. Exactly how old is your, is your kiddo? Two and a half. Nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, and I'm sure you know this, Megan, it's like, I feel that way. And then I feel guilty for feeling that way. And then I feel that way. And I feel right. And it's just this constant tug of war internally. And even as a therapist, where I can say, like, it's okay to feel those feelings. It's okay to acknowledge that those feelings are normal. You're a human, you had 36 years of freedom before this being came along, right? So it only makes sense. Like, I can justify it in my head, and I can do all that stuff. And you still feel the guilt and you still feel the shame for feeling those kind of feelings, you know, towards your own kid. And a lot of the conversations I have with other mothers is exactly that. It's like, it doesn't make you a bad mom by talking about this. And actually, we need to talk about this stuff more. Because if we did, we wouldn't all feel like pieces of shit for feeling it because we realize everybody feels this way. So yeah, that's something I would say is a tough one for me. Yeah, our country has trouble holding on to ambivalence. Yes. Um, and as a culture, we are continuously gaslit. So we think that the problem emanates from within us, where humans were never meant to be alone with kids this age as long as we are. Amen. Never. Mm -hmm. You should be having your mom, your grandma, your 52 mm -hmm. cousins, your yep. 72 mm -hmm. sisters. You'd be in a cave somewhere and you'd be passing around kids. Yeah. And even... As we march through the ages of, uh, you know, villages and towns, right, with the Industrial Revolution, when we all moved away from each other, mm -hmm. this isolation, this deep isolation of the most physical and emotional heavy lifting of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're alone. Yeah. And then you're made to feel like you're broken because you're like, this sucks. Yeah. Like. 23 out of 24 hours of these days, like, so, uh, uh. yeah, <laughs> right. True. And you're like, and because of our like Judeo Christian meow meow of like, you're the mom, you should have some kind of like love no matter what martyr bullshit. <laughs> right. Then we're like, well, I'm broken. And, mm -hmm. 
And all it takes is like putting it out there once and somebody being like, <gasps> right. And the brain's like, and that conversation's yeah. bye bye. It's yeah. so much better than it used to be, like so much better. Yeah. Um, but I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure we can hack it. Like, yeah. I'm not sure we can escape it in some ways. I feel like you just got to roll with it. Yeah, I agree. And find your people, yeah. like, aggressively. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. yeah. The idea of finding your people aggressively resonates. It's like, we do not have these built-in villages anymore. So we have to, we have to actively and aggressively find them. Yeah, it takes work, unfortunately, but it is it's it's imperative to everybody surviving the best we can. And the villages, the nanny, the nanny share, the daycare, the like the kids, friends, moms who also need a break. So you share your kids. Sometimes. Correct. like, yeah. And the shame around that, too. You know, people, yeah. you know, oh, well, you have a nanny, you know, full time and you work part time and this and that. And, you know, I always say, would you be saying that if it were a grandma? No. Would you be saying that if it were a great aunt? Mm -hmm. Would you be saying that if it were grandfather, uncle? No. And yet, because money is exchanged, um, somehow that invalidates that yeah. relationship. John, um, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, obviously we're in a heteronormative couple here, but like as the man in this parenting dynamic, what do you feel like is your biggest struggle as a parent? Um, I, I hate to say it because there's going to be judgment and I'm going to feel selfish, but before I say it, let me just say, uh, you know, it's been kind of eye opening watching Vanessa through this whole journey of having a child. Uh, well, even before having a child, losing a child, uh, we had a miscarriage and then having a child and then, um, the toll it takes on her mental, emotional, her body, um, isolation. Also, uh, Logan right now is all about mommy. So she's very clingy to uh, Vanessa doesn't want anything to do with me. So Vanessa doesn't get a chance uh, or much of a chance to pass the ball. And so observing this, I have so much more understanding for what um, women slash mothers go through. Uh, because before witnessing this, you know, I had the mindset of what's the big deal? It's a child. And, you know, what do you mean you're touched out? And um, one of the struggles on my side was uh, not getting, you know, as much intimacy or um, Vanessa not um, 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 offering, asking, uh, being sec being uh, sexual and uh, uh, mm -hmm. giving giving me attention. Right. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Um and of course, as I'm saying this, I feel like it's it's selfish, but I think it's also a, a a a human need, and it's also something that changes pretty much overnight once you have a child. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so that's 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 one thing that I've struggled with and um, wrestle with and have to process myself and also work through. You know. But I don't think it's selfish, John. I think what it is is exactly what I'm going to say. It's like suffers under this system that we've created, including the men in this dynamic, right? Like nobody benefits. Well, people, somebody benefits up at top, but none of us actually benefit, right? And so even the, the part, I mean, the number of couples that come in where this is the dynamic, where the woman feels like I have nothing left to give, 
right? And the man is sitting here going, you know, she's frigid, she doesn't want to have sex, I'm not getting my needs met. I mean, it's so common that it's, you're not unique in this, right? Like there is something to be said for the fact that this is a very shared experience by a large population of people that should make us wake up and say like, we're not doing something right here, we need to fix it, right? Not only that, right, when, when the pre predominant feeling is shame, Yep. around expressing this need to connect your partner, then men continue to go even more inward, more right. working, more isolation, more stepping out of, of the family. I'm not talking about cheating. I'm just talking about emotionally. Right. 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 Um, and so there's, you know, because women will, how dare you ask me to have sex? Yeah. Right. So there's shame on, pop, on top of shame. Um, and so like you guys know, it's kind of all in the presentation, but also being like we said at the very top of it, we're all being gaslit by our culture. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just be clear, right? Um, and also I, I really, you get pregnant and you get so much advice, so many books, so yeah. many classes, so much shit. And then you have this baby I mean, what happens then? Like, where's the group for men that's like, yo, mm -hmm. if you're heteronormative yep. and you're with a woman, here's how, what her hormones are doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's how you need to touch her. Yeah. Here's how they get the juices flowing literally. Like, yep. where's that group? Mm -hmm. Where's that at the pediatrician's office, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's not out there. And so men just feel like, what's wrong with me? Like, why do I want this when my, my partner's struggling, but I still feel disconnected? Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Megan, how many children do you have and how old are they? Mm. So I have three girls, which equals 42 kids. <laughs> wow. Emotionally. Yeah. Um, I have an 18 year old who just left for college, a 15 year old and a 12 year old. That's amazing. So let me ask you this, um, parenting outside the lines, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. um, ironically, again, it looks like parenting yourself first, mm -hmm. right? So we are from long generations of people who haven't parented themselves a lot of times, not always. Right. Um, and, you know, as woo-woo as you want to get, or sciencey as you want to get, it, it ends up in the same place of the kids are going to point out to you what you need to address. Right. Um, so that's about parenting outside the lines. Um, parenting outside the lines is also about connection and relationship being the goal of parenting. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So from that soil, everything else grows. So people mostly hire me to stop or start behaviors. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's the gig screams too much uh they're only attached to my wife they're only attached mm -hmm. to this that and the other right and um, but if we bypass relationship then we're purely working in the mechanisms of behavioralism mm -hmm. right and you can only pull those levers so many times yeah before the kid is like yeah i know what's up and f off yeah so it's not sexy and it's not like doesn't get all the clicks for me to be like trust in relationship because you're parenting for the long game, mm -hmm. right? Because you can easily get the behavior you want. You can smack it into them. You can shame it into them. Highly effective. 
Yeah. Just kind of long-term, not so great. I love what you're saying because as a therapist, um, yeah, behavior is always the ripple of something else, right? Behavior is the byproduct. And if you're just focusing on the behavior, then it's like just putting Band-Aids on things. I love that you're saying focus on the relationship, whether you're talking about the relationship with your child or the relationship with your partner. It's a relational problem, and that ripples into behavior, and that behavior is from you know, uh, a disconnection in relationship. And then what you said, starting with your relationship with self. I love that. Yeah. yeah and even also like when I, when doing like as a therapist, working with families, right. Working family systems and, and somebody will come in. Sure enough, there's always an IP, right. An identified patient. And it's always like, fix my 12 year old, fix my 16 year old, fix my nine year old. And 99.9% .9 of the time, the family, the parents don't want to hear well, actually, what's going on is we got to fix the dynamic between you all. It's yeah. a relational issue between the family, between the mom and dad, between dad yes. and kid, right? It's not at the behavior is a symptom of a broken relationship. And that's what we need to work on. And a lot of times people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't come here. I didn't pay for that. Me. <laughs> I came here for you to put the bandaid on the bullet hole for my kid, right? So yeah. it's, it's hard because it, 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 like you said, you got to look in the mirror. What I love about my work most of all is that if I can get parents in the door early, the behavior is also a beautiful and inconvenient si uh, signal of development. Right. Right. So if a child is born and it's first completely identified with the parent, there's no developmental like thinking Ego about self. themselves, right? Yep. They're purely emotional. And then it becomes me, 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 you, 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 we, 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 us, 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 right? Um, you know, show me a three-year-old that doesn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I will show you a child who's being abused. Yeah. Right. It's so developmentally normal. But because, again, we don't support our culture in understanding that, we call it misbehavior. Mm -hmm. And then we double down on shit like putting them on a step, counting yeah. to three, medication, iPads. And By the way, I'm if you're listening, uh, when Megan said, uh, show me a three-year-old who doesn't do that, uh, she put her hand under her chin and uh, flipped it up. Yeah, oh, kind of like a, listening. Uh, Basically, show like me a three-year-old that's thing, not you know? continually saying, fuck you. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, right. What she, that's what she was doing visually, because there are going to be people listening to this oh, not watching. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so just imagine a three-year-old giving you the virtual middle finger. Right. Yeah. That is, to me when parents call me and they're like, why is my kid doing this? I'm like, cause it's Cause they're time. <laughs> because they're individuating. Yeah. Right. If you take a, a nine year old who's getting huge doses of hormones yeah. that are leading up to puberty and they're getting moody and they're telling you they're, they're right. And what's wrong with my kid? Well, nothing. It sucks. It hurts. Yeah. But this is, this is growth, right? So not only can behavior be a sign of a disconnect, but behavior is a sign of development that then we double down disciplining Yeah. Mm. that then becomes a relational problem. Mm -hmm. So if we never stick them on the step and chase them around and three, you're three years old, sit on the step for three minutes, now they're crying, why are you crying? I told you not to hit me, I don't wanna sit on the step, meow, meow. Now you've added a problem to a problem mm -hmm. and now we're off to the races. Because yeah. a young child is never going to be like, you know, mom, I've been really thinking about it and I shouldn't hit you every morning. I'd, I'd like to come forward. I just, I feel ambivalent about the shit oatmeal you make me every day. Like, <laughs> you're not going to get that. 
<laughs> if only. If only. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm 49 with a master's, and you don't even get that from me. So, <laughs> exactly. right? I'm, the, I'm the one doing this this as well. <laughs> right? Yeah, you might have a high. We call it in the theory that I study, and you may have a high case of counter will, which is doing the opposite of what you're told because you don't like to be bossed around. Mm -hmm. So maybe you grew up being heavily controlled or monitored. I was saying that emotionally, I have a lot of counter will. Um, being raised like when you are somebody who's raised. Uh, by a parent who's not able to parent themselves, right, for whatever reason. So I was saying, like, single parent, young parent, um, parent who had their own trauma, you know, et cetera, uh, and you're raised as a child who is kind of meeting a lot of needs of that parent because of that, because that's usually what happens for anybody listening to this. Um, when you have a parent for a litany of reasons, is isn't to, like, blame them necessarily, but a litany of reasons why they can't or are not capable of parenting themselves. Usually as that child, you grow up meeting the needs of that parent versus the emotional needs versus the parent meeting yours, right? And what happens a lot of times, at least for me and for friends of mine and colleagues of mine, is that now as an adult, people having needs of me feels overwhelming. It feels needy. It feels like too much. I get overwhelmed by it quickly. Um, and so I've had this conversation with a lot of people who, who are in similar situations. And so I just think it's an interesting, this idea of counter will, it's a, an emotional counter will, right? Yeah, I, um, I work with a lot of parents who don't know, like you're saying about this dynamic in their past. And their kids, uh, um, the beautiful thing that I always want to tell parents is nature always provides a workaround. Mm -hmm. Nature always provides a workaround when the attachment doesn't um, maybe click the way it should. Now, don't get me wrong. It, it, it can get to the point where people are pretty, uh, I don't want to say damaged because that's such a terrible word, but it can be pretty awful if you're not attached to in some very crucial ways in the first days of your life. But for everybody else that didn't get their needs met um, in big and small ways, nature does provide mm -hmm. ways for you to find people to meet your needs and meet your own needs and to, I don't know about heal the wounds, or, but um, you can reestablish relationships with your children and your children with you. Mm -hmm. it just, it's just a lot of safety work. It's a lot of safety work. Um, Can you say more about that, Megan? I, I asked because somebody on the live just said, I'm a single mother. How do I, I think she said something like avoid that. Um, so when you say safety work, can you explain a little bit more about that? Right. So the deepest human need is to belong. Mm -hmm. um, and in order to belong, we need to feel safe. Right. And this is true all the way down to a seed. So if you see like a beautiful uh, acorn lands in a field, if your child's the acorn, they're going to grow to their most oakness, right? When they land in a good field with lots of water and lots of love in our case and connection and boundaries, that acorn can also land in a sidewalk. And nobody would say that tree is its most oakness, but yet it grew, which is a miracle. And so nature also provides, if you're a single parent, parenting solo for whatever reason, um, you only need one compassionate, loving, boundaryed adult to bring you into maturity. Yeah. Do we want the village? Hell yeah. More loving adults or more? Okay. Wait a what, I, what I heard was Vanessa doesn't need me anymore. That's what I heard, Megan. Hmm? What I heard, Megan, was Vanessa doesn't need me anymore. That's what I heard. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's an interesting way to take that. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, she doesn't. So, bye. No, um, remember, more, more is more. Um, and so if you are single parenting and you are acting as two parents, right, um, you don't have to act as two. You don't have to, how you show up and how you love your kid is 100% enough. Okay. Um, it does mean, though, that you get to play by different rules. So because you don't have anyone to swoop in and take over when you're like, I'm going to throw this kid out a window. Yep. Right. You get to take different side streets down. You get to co-sleep with your kid because you're too tired to sleep train them because you have to work. You get to eat in front of the TV. You get to, um, you know, dress them in animals. Actually, everybody gets to do that. Right. Everybody gets to. But um, the way children feel safe is emotionally regulated, right? That there's not this push-pull of, does my, is my mom or dad mad or parent caregiver mad at me because I'm upset am mm. I punished right um is do they show up with unconditional love that yeah things are hard yeah we're fighting yeah I have to keep this boundary and I love you no matter what what yeah. no matter what nothing can separate us right so we provide security and safety by bridging over what could separate I would, I would, I love that, Megan. I would add to that also that it's really important, whether you're a single parent actually or not, um, to be honest. I mean, obviously, developmentally appropriately honest, but honest about where you're at, apologize, your shortcomings, take care of you, why you need to take care of you. Um, the more we can be honest and humanize ourselves to our children, again, um, you know, developmentally appropriate yep. language and such. Um, the more we're also going to give them permission to be human and be flawed. So I think a lot of what I see, um, again, not just with single parents, is this like, I have to be perfect, have it all together. My kids can't see me struggling. And uh, that comes with its own kind of bag of issues, right? Because then you're going to have a kid who grows up thinking, well, if they're perfect, I'm obviously not perfect. So something's wrong with me not realizing mom and dad or just mom kind of hid the imperfection. Um, really what we grow up thinking is I'm, I'm damaged. I'm defective because mom was perfect. Yeah. I try to provide when I work with parents containers for this. Yeah. Right. So things like um, uh, family meetings, mm -hmm. which everyone gets a turn, like thumbs up, thumbs down for the day. What was your great thing? What was your hard thing? Roses and thorns. Yeah. Right. So that everybody gets to, you know, and the littler the kid, the funnier they are. Right. But the parent gets to express. Mm -hmm. Right. So if they came in and their face is like this and then they read some fakakta shit on the news and right, their energy is. <sighs> they get to go to a family meeting and say, well, you know, I had an OK day, but this person I'm working with was just unkind. Mm -hmm. And then I read something sad. Mm hmm. And my energy feels a little, uh, do you ever feel like that? It's not about you. Correct. Yeah. And it's a container. So it's not like you're stirring the pasta, like I'm feeling mad. Yeah. Feel it, right. 
there's a place for it. Yeah. Because the Love truth that. is, as parents, is that um, we do hide. We yeah. have to hide our stuff. Yeah. Because it is not appropriate to just Dump Oprah it, it on yeah. everyone. Right? We go from pendulum swinging where we're either hiding out of shame or we're saying too much shit. Yeah. Right? About our interior lives to people that shouldn't be hearing it. Mm -hmm. Right? So providing a container so that there can be congruence yes between your face and your emotion and then maybe how you're going to switch it up or not maybe you want to be pissed that's okay too love it yeah megan um as we leave what would be because you have a lot of messages but if you were to wave a banner uh parents watching this what would be on that banner what is a message that you would like to say to parents Trust in your relationship with your kid. Mm. Trust that that is your long-term goal. Yeah. And to preserve relationship. That does not mean, this is a long banner, okay? It doesn't mean that it won't be hard and you don't hold boundaries. Right. It doesn't mean that you won't stand on the other side of your kid's closed door and feel lost and hurt bad things are going to happen, mistakes will be made. Mm. But do not abandon the relationship. It's really kind of a faith game. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, I thought your banner was going to say use protection, but um, <laughs> I, 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 love your, I love your banner. And, you know, one thing that's helpful for me is, um, <laughs> you know, our parents did a lot with a lot less. And so um, with what we have today, um, the access we have. Even if things get bad, uh, it's doable. Other mm -hmm. people have done it with a lot less. So, um, hey, listen, Megan, you're a badass. Uh, tell us where we can get your book and where we could follow you. Uh, yeah, so mlparentcoach.com has everything coaching, online classes for two to tween. Mm -hmm. um, and my book's everywhere. Books are sold. Amazon, if you buy it, write a review. That, that shit matters, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, and I write a column for the Washington Post every Thursday. Nice. So every other Wednesday, I have a live chat and you guys can come on in and ask me an anonymous question. Don't ask me about potty training. I hate that crap, literally. <laughs> And, 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 and for the listeners, what is your Instagram handle? So they can ML Parent Coach. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you for hanging out with us. And uh, listen, the world needs you to keep talking, uh, keep talking about this. And I applaud your work. Thank you so much. Well, and you guys are a beautiful example of some really um, taking on some hard stuff in an honest way. And that makes people feel safe. And that makes them better parents. Mm, thank so you. You keep doing what you're doing because we need not just the. Yeah. We need the hard stuff. Yeah. Vanessa, Vanessa, I want you to know that I think you're an amazing mother, and watching you with Logan uh, makes me not only happy, but I think you're the sexiest you've ever been. Oh, thank you. I'll take you well. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Hey, if you have a passion for helping others and you want to create a more meaningful career or add to your current skill set, it's time to become a life coach with Lumia. 
when I became a life coach many years ago, there wasn't anything like this. So I developed this program alongside with Noel Cordo, Lumia Coach Training. And it's amazing. It's 100% live and online, meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, ICF accredited to with 20 diverse instructors in a thriving alumni community. Go to theangrytherapist.com and click on Become a Coach and explore Lumia Coach Training. I'll see you in class.